There comes a point in our lives when we strive to define our true meaning and purpose. Many of us move through our existence day after day, living through the same cycles and patterns that leave us feeling unfulfilled and searching for more. For those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every moment, to redefine how we perceive the truths of our reality so we can live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every day. Are you living? Are you killing time? What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Time to get it growing again. A lot of things moving and shaking my world, as always, won't bore this episode with the stories of things going on in my life, other than some really cool conversations that have bubbled up a lot of cool concepts and things that we've been discussing. Of course, the common theme pops up for me, and it just jumps in front of me like, hey, this is what you need to talk about this week. And this week was no different. After the third or fourth conversation of the same common theme, I'm like, okay, guess I have what this week's episode is going to be about. And in so many self-improvement and life mastery and purpose fulfillment realms of conversation, the concepts of creating your own reality comes up a lot. I know I talk about it a lot here. Uh, The buzzwords of manifestation and LOA or law of attraction swirl around and those concepts about how we create our own reality are a foundation of that. And I completely agree. Um, I definitely prescribe to all that and I've dedicated a huge chunk of my life to that mindset because I've witnessed it to be true in my own life. I've seen what can come from the negative side of what you focus on having it manifest and what the positive side is. But one thing that I will do differently on this show and in those conversations that's different than other people in these realms of conversation is I will put real world examples of how some of this stuff works and how some of it has holes in it. There's a lot of fluff and I feel like sometimes people glaze over the things that is just the real world way that this impacts people for the sake of marketing and stuff. Um, You know, the the tough questions don't seem to get answered enough. And I don't have all the answers. I definitely don't have the answers to some of the things that have popped up in conversation. But I think I may have a general understanding of where an explanation might be going. And I'm kind of excited to... Uh, talk about this episode, uh, talk about the subject on this episode. Now, it seems like in the last week or so, there's been just a ton of conversation basically swirling around what life is about, what the universe is about, um, why we're here, what is our purpose. That seems to be a major point of conversation and just kept on bubbling up no matter where I was, whether it was clubhouse, whether it was in person, um, it was just constantly coming up over and over people questioning what their purpose is here in this life not just their purpose but the overall purpose of humanity in general why are we here as a collective and i really don't think there's there's one definitive reason i think it's you that defines it you and your perceptions 
And I think you're the one who has to find the meaning in this life. I feel like the meaning of life is the meaning that you put into it and therefore what you get out of it. But the conversations that I had this week generally have gone like this. You know, what is the overall purpose of us being here? What is the reason why human beings exist? What is it that we are here to actually accomplish? Because it seems like right now we're not accomplishing much of anything. We're accomplishing a whole lot of destruction and division and really not a whole lot of good stuff. You know, we seem to be on a negative trajectory. And if that's the case, then then why even bother? What is the point of us being here if it's just a negative experience? What is the point of existence? And the answer that I have is basically that I can agree and disagree with the statements. Yes, granted, there's a lot of things going on in this world that aren't exactly ideal, but there's also a lot of really good things. There's a lot of really good people and people having really good experiences and a lot of great things to enjoy in life overall. And a huge part of our perception of reality that we observe is basically all brought about by our focus and attention. I've learned that lesson heavily lately. Um, I'm not having the summer that I usually have. And definitely by no means is it something that's a, um, you know, a huge life conundrum that some other people are going through. There's a lot of people in really bad positions right now. Um, but I'm making the best of things that I possibly can, despite those negative thoughts that creep in there about how things aren't going the way that I wanted them to. And I, I'm seeing the purpose and lesson in every one of those times that my thoughts creep in like that. Um, but basically, it's the perception that I'm I'm having, and I constantly shift my perception back to something valuable. You know, we're not able to go on our vacations this summer because of our, our old man dog. Um, you know, he's 17, and, you know, I've talked about this already, but, you know, I'm using that lesson as a lesson in love, and I think that's something that I've had to learn a lot about. Um, the love of this animal, how it feels toward me and how my family feel towards it is something that I need to value over my personal enjoyment. We're not going to get this time back. So that's something that's kind of had me have solace. But again, all I had to do was shift my perspective to something that's a positive in the current situation that I'm in. And the more that I resisted the fact that I can't have what I want and do what I want right now, at this point of now, that is just going to persist. What we resist persists because we send so much energy into those things that we resist and focus on. And that's what's going to manifest in our lives. More of it. We're going to keep beating that drum of what it is we don't have. But to go deeper than all that, the question of what are we doing here? And what even is here? That was a great question I heard. What is reality? What is the universe? Where is the universe? Where is God? Where is all of this stuff? If it's not here, then where is it? I absolutely love conversations like that. Um, again, not because I feel like I have the answers, but I feel like I can dig a little bit deeper to find out why people are having that particular perspective and then sort of travel down all of these different little rabbit holes that leads to a point when someone leaves the conversation they are thinking about things in a whole different way than they did when they entered the conversation. And potentially that may be shifting their perspective. Um, I've gone through all of that deep introspection and studies. I've had some people plant those seeds in me over the years. And 
I've changed a lot of how I view things. I've quickly gained a perspective that um, I feel like I can share with other people and that will eventually allow them to have a brighter potential life in store for them. I definitely don't have all the answers. I'm still seeking all the answers. I'm confident that I'm going to be a perpetual student the rest of my life on this stuff. But I often find myself coming up with these hypotheses and questions that make you rethink everything about your existence. If you've ever been in one of those conversations and you've ever seen someone transform from a place of being lost or hopeless or just down about life in general, and you see them transform just even the way that they look by the end of that conversation, and they they move to a place of more wonder and curiosity, and they want to learn more. Just in the time span of a single conversation, there is nothing like that feeling. And if I found purpose in doing anything in this life, if I found purpose outside of the, the other things I find extremely fulfilling, being a great father and a husband and all the things that are just bring me joy in life, if there was anything that is of a professional status, that's probably one of the coolest things. One of the greatest feelings is just knowing that you took somebody from a perspective that life doesn't have much meaning to another perspective where they're going to dig a little bit deeper and likely find a whole new version of what the meaning of life means to them. And since this conversation came up several times this week, um, and again, today, as I record, um, it was something that definitely is bubbling up. So we're going to dive deeper in today's episode. One great sponsor I want to talk about is our new partner, Organifi. I've been taking their supplements and products for several months now, and I have to say, after trying so many things over the years, these products are truly life-changing. I'm someone who doesn't allow anything into my body that is not of the highest quality, and this company goes above and beyond to certify the purity of their products many, many times over. It is just an amazing company with amazing people and an outstanding mission, and I couldn't be happier to support them. For the warmer months... I am all about the green juice. It's a micronutrient-dense mix of some of the most powerful superfoods on the planet. I use this amazing stuff in combination with several other fresh greens to make a powerhouse drink to start off my day every single day. Check this out and all of their amazing products at OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I-S-H-O-P.com. And if you find something you want to check out, Use the coupon code LIVETHISLIFE, all one word, to save 15% off of your purchase. So again, this bubbled up several times, and today, this one happened to bubble up when we were just hanging out at a family gathering by the pool, just chilling, everybody's just having these conversations. And my 15-year-old cousin, Ashanti, she comes over and sits down and says something about how she's going through a crisis. So just being intrigued on what is defined as crisis level for a 15-year-old, uh, and I'm saying that from a total place of non-judgment because everybody has their levels of what is a crisis in their life. I mean, some people's crisis right now is legitimately not having food and, and you know extremely detrimental health or safety, like those survival type things. And then other people who are you know, mega privileged like me are worrying about like why they're not going on to vacation and boohooing about it. So everybody's crisis level is different. I'm just happened to be intrigued of what her crisis level was. And it's all just a matter 
of perspective of different things going on in people's lives and all the different problems that people have at different times. And I was just very interested in what sort of calamity presents itself to a 15-year-old girl. So when I asked her, what is what is your existential crisis? Because I think that was the exact words that she used. I wasn't expecting the answer that I got. Um, I was I was very blown away. You know, she said she was legitimately puzzled as to why we as a species, the human species, were even here on this planet. What are we doing here with our existence? Why are we here trashing the planet? What is the purpose? What purpose do we serve when we do the things that we do here and constantly go at odds with each other and wreck our planet? Why are we doing this? And what is the purpose of us even being here if this is what we're meant to do? So as soon as she said that, I mean, on one hand, I was completely blown away by what her her definition of an existential crisis was because I'm like, yeah, that's some deep stuff. I mean, in that's like some of the deepest subject matter that I hear people dive into and it, it spawns some of the coolest conversations. I'd had them several times that week. But this one by far was the most intriguing one because I'd never heard such a question asked by such a young person. And sometimes these questions, when we question our existence and our mortality, um, all those kinds of things pop up. With, with younger kids, too, sometimes, you know, they, they say, what happens after we die? And, you know, they want to know certain things. Um, but they're very broad in general questions. But Ashanti's question was just amazing. And she was asking it in such a way, like the energy that was behind it, the look in her eyes about how passionately she has been pondering this question. She was genuinely confused and puzzled. And when she asked that question, it was definitely something that she's been been worked up about and thinking long, hard, and deep about, which is amazing because I told her this this is amazing that someone your age is thinking about something like this because sometimes we hit this in, in our 40s or 50s and they call it a midlife crisis and sometimes people don't answer that question. They answer it by buying a new car or getting a, you know, a, a new relationship with someone 20 years younger. She's at a point asking this question before she's even really defined um herself in, in an adult standpoint. And I just found that amazing. So um, I asked her why she was asking these questions. You know, what brought this up? And she was just mentioning how the things are just seem to be so negative around and just those things that keep popping up in her reality and um, just watching current events. So I explained to her after she was done voicing her position and I wanted to explain to her some of my standpoints on her reality. And I wanted to question her about what she really felt her life purpose was, and then share what my perspective was in return. And basically, where we got, basically how I came into the conversation was that you have to see all of us as God godding. And I really don't like to use the word God because I feel like it's such like a, like a, like a biblical religious type of word. Uh, where you know the guy in the white beard sitting on the throne who's governing over the this tiny little ball of all of us humans on it, um, you know, judgmentally, and we have to appease him. It, in my view of what the source, creative force, God—I mean, it's a great, easy word to say—but I just feel like it's so limited in scope and scale. But I, I described like we are the universe doing its thing. We are that creative consciousness, that, that same consciousness that literally created every single perfect process 
everywhere that you see. The perfect spirals in a snail shell. You know, the, the, the perfect Fibonacci sequence that you see in like the patterns of a sunflower seed where it grows on the flower. I mean, everything, those geometric perfect patterns, every single thing that has been created that you can look at. We are that. And we are that consciousness trying to explore its own creation. Because reality doesn't exist without a conscious observer. That's an established scientific fact, an established scientific experiment that has been tried and true and tested many times. The observer effect is fundamental to how our reality works and how things play out. And we're here to experience everything within that creation. Every emotion, every smell, every laugh, every tear. I mean, we are literally like the fingers on the hand of God that needs to touch and sense and feel our way through this reality so that it can understand everything about everything it made. And I said to her, can you picture yourself being this, this grand consciousness that we can't even comprehend really, that was just floating in this nothing of nothing, this white nothingness at the beginning of all existence. And you would have no point of reference. You would have no up or down, left or right, hot or cold, dark or bright or love or hate. You would have nothing until you compared something initially to compare something to. And so began creation, however that happened. But literally something had to be first. And things happen as the universe started to progress and evolve. Something more had to be done to consciously observe it needed a consciousness an intelligent conscious being like us like humans or most humans um something that is self-aware something that can say i am this something that can recognize it is separate from everyone and yet connected to everyone and everything at the same time so here we are that creation these complex little bundles of senses and emotions that can that can hear and taste and touch and whatever other abilities that people may have. We are here to sense everything about the world around us. And we're here from that source and we will return to that source in some way, shape or form when this life is all over. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that we're sort of like in a recycling plant. Einstein even said that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. So we had to come from somewhere, we're here now, and we have to go somewhere once this is all over. Um, and I think total reincarnation, maybe a certain point, until we evolve to a certain point, maybe we level up. Um, but I feel like we recycle and we just keep gaining more and more knowledge until our consciousness is higher elevated. And then it moves on to whatever, maybe a higher density dimension, I don't know. Um, there's tons of theories out on that one, but... One of the theories that's tried and true is that we came from a single source in the universe. Um, some have it viewed as the Big Bang. Others, they've they've come out in some of those CIA documents when they did the um, the hemisync. If you haven't heard me talk about that, go dig up the episodes on uh, a hemisync. We talk about the CIA report. But in that, they actually describe the universe as the shape of a torus, which I think you can kind of compare it to an apple. And at the top of the apple would be the Big Bang, which is constantly always going on. It's like something spewing out where the stem is, and it will move around in that that shape of the outside and then eventually collapse around to the bottom. Um, so here we are. That The whole universe is a recycling plant. Everything that we see in the universe is a cycle. 
our years, our days, our seasons, everything is just a repeating cycle. So for us to think that the universe would be a sort of big bang, it started and it's going to have an end. That's our linear minds that just understands that line of time that really doesn't exist either. We have to break away from that. And here we are, come from this source, and everything came from some small infinitesimal point, whether you want to believe in the Big Bang or that constant um, recycling model. But we're all coming from this super compressed point at some point in history. So all the particles, every bit of matter in the entire universe is compressed down to that infinitesimally small point. Whenever they separated, they are still quantumly entangled. And we talked a bit about the experiment of the quantum entanglement um, and how they prove those theories. Well, we came from all of that and we're still connected to it all. And that just furthers those theories and concepts and philosophies about us being connected to everyone and everything everywhere. And she's a very smart kid. She's just kind of like an old soul. She you can definitely tell that she gets a lot of these concepts already in some way, um, in a basic form. And so it was it was very easy to explain and she was kind of picking up the concepts really quickly. So I started to describe to her about the the theories of quantum entanglement and how when the particles are split apart, when they did these scientific experiments, they took photons and and split a photon into two identical copies, moved them a huge distance apart and excited one of them and the other one reacted the same exact time in the same exact way. But the communication between the two exceeded the speed of light there should have been a delay and there was none no matter how far apart they move the particles and these experiments were done you know over the last hundred years they've reconfirmed them recently and they've done them in a whole different way i'm going to talk about that in another episode because there was a fascinating study that i saw a bit about on nova um, we'll dive into that in a pretty geeky way but um to stay on topic with this conversation those two particles were separated but they were inseparable. And that's the way that we are with everything in the universe. And when Einstein saw that whole experiment go down, he couldn't even explain it. He called it spooky action at a distance. And he didn't have any other way to explain it. So we're talking about all this stuff. Um, and it, you could see her eyes kind of lighting up like, wow, this stuff is fascinating. This, these are things about my reality that I never even knew about. And you could see it was just sparking some of these thoughts like, wow, you know, life isn't as simple, mundane, negative, and, and everything else that she was coming into the conversation with. But my main point in going down that scientific road was you're seeing division. You are seeing this world divided in so many ways, but it's really not that way. That's the illusion. That's the veil that's being put over our eyes to make us forget the real connection that we are a part of source. We always will be and we'll return to it at some point. We have this illusion of separation from each other. And the people who are constantly manufacturing that separation are the ones that we should really be wary of and turning our attention away from them. Because the more that we have a connection to all of the creation's creation, we become more connected with all of it, and therefore connected with the creative source itself. 
you could see that she was just getting a lot of interest out of it. And sometimes when you talk about this stuff with the wrong people, sometimes I'll go on tangents with people that just have no interest. Sometimes they spark a conversation. I think that's where they want to go. And then a few minutes in, you can just kind of see them going cross-eyed. And it's like, yeah, there's, this isn't this isn't something that this, uh, this conversation is going to um, plant any seeds that are going to germinate. So we might as well abort this one. So we're talking about this stuff and and we're diving into different subjects and she's really picking up speed. I mean, we got all the way down into talking about the quant- the Planck length and a whole bunch of stuff about quantum physics and how the small levels of all that, it's just quantum foam, which is just an infinitesimally small measurement. And down there, it's nothing but vibration and how our thoughts are the same types of vibration. So those theories about how thoughts can become things is not that far-fetched. So over the course of like 10 or 15 minutes of this conversation, you could see the genuine interest in all of this shift from someone who literally couldn't understand why they're here and I, I kind of detected maybe a little bit of a level of of discontent in life. Like this sucks. This experience is just, what, what's the point? To now wanting to know more about it and wanting to get a better explanation about why we're here. That things we experience are basically connected right back to source. Every person that we encounter is a direct reflection of us. We see certain things in them that we should probably be seeing in ourselves. You know, every person, every wonderful, caring person that we might come across, every asshole that we might come across as well, eventually it's all connected back to source. That source that made those people is the same one that made you and therefore you have that direct connection. And I basically told her it's like God in costume. You have to view every single person, every single experience in life as something that is designed to move you forward, to help you remember it all, to remember your existence, that you're more significant than just this this person getting bounced off the rocks of life and torn apart. It gives our lives a whole different level of meaning. But what's extremely significant about this, and maybe a little bit scary about this conversation at the same time, is that her perspective coming into this almost seemed like it was someone who was maybe seeing everything as a pointless journey. And then we have all these these mega-rich people out there in the world who spend billions of dollars on a five-minute ride in space rather than using that same amount of money to solve world hunger for the next 30 years. You know, that we are sharing the world with people like that and all of the other people that we can see as negative from a certain perspective who do bad things. And those facts make our existence seem a bit bleak and pointless. So it does almost think to yourself, why bother? She didn't say that, but... It seems like that was the vibe I was getting at. And I could see why you'd want to come at life from that perspective. Because if you don't have the the view out of the window, if you're looking out of one side of your room, out of a window that's looking at a brick wall, you don't get to see a view at all. But all you have to do is turn your head across the room and look at the one that's overlooking a gorgeous sunset. All you have to do is literally just turn your head. It's there. You just have to turn your head. Uh, I've always heard the... 
the analogy about how there's so many different things and frequencies of, of observation that we can tap into. Um, and it's just like changing the dial on radio, like especially the old school radios that most of us don't even, uh, most people out there, younger people don't even realize anymore. But you actually had to turn a dial and you wouldn't just move on a station. You had to kind of move the rod back and forth until it was tuned in. We just have to tune in to some of those things that aren't so bleak. We just have to get on a different point of view and perspective. So I guess the short answer um, to her after all of the discussion was the point that we are here is that we're constantly trying to remember the connection. It's funny because the explanation almost goes like we came here and forgot when we came here about where we came from. And we spent our entire lives trying to remember during the time that we're alive that we came from the place we came from. And I guess the end game is realizing how malleable and responsive this entire reality, our entire existence actually is. How malleable and manipulative our existence can be when we just change our inner state. And once we get there, we can manipulate our reality so much easier. If the smallest physical particles in the universe emerge from a vibratory state, the same as our thoughts. And all this stuff is confirmed through quantum physics experiments. The same type of vibratory state that our thoughts can be measured in can create such a powerful potential and possibility in our lives. You know, the potential that our our thoughts really can bring about things into our lives. And that if we just change our focus and concentration and we take inspired action once we are focused, it can change. Everything can change for us. The entire trajectory of where we're heading can change because we just have a different perspective. Of course, the inevitable question gets asked then, why do bad things happen to good people? And that's always a tough one to explain. Um, I don't know. You know, why do good people end up murdered or kidnapped? Um, you know, why do the atrocities happen in this world that we see? Like, why do those things happen? And honestly, that's a question I cannot honestly answer. Um, I've heard it explained to me that, you know, there's some sort of karmic thing that maybe we have. Um, you know, if you're playing a video game, you're, you're playing some sort of a game where it's a thriller and, you know, something happens there. You're doing it for entertainment. And once it's over, you disconnect from it and you go back. Um, you know, maybe heard that that's the way our reality is. You know, one perspective um, that I've read about recently on a blog was that, Basically, dream states that we can be in are just like the nested dolls analogy. Um, you know, like when we dream at night, we are in a state of consciousness that is as real as anything else in the waking world around us. We see things and smell things and touch and taste in our dreams. And most of the times, we don't know the difference. Some people are unique in the sense they know they're dreaming um, more often than not. But for the most part, when we're in those dreams, it's as real as anything else. And when we wake up, we realize that was just a dream. But when we're there, it's as real as anything else. Everything in our dream, though, was made up in our head. It really was not a real reality. It was something that we just created within the thoughts, within our minds. Now, everything we experience in those dreams is something that we experienced during our waking states. Um, the language that we hear, you know, what we understand, it's all based on the perceptions that we've made from a different level of consciousness. 
So if we knew a person um, or group of people that, you know, maybe were green skinned with like ant antennas on their heads, you know, if we see, saw that in real life, we might dream if we actually knew a person who looked like that in our regular lives, we might dream of that person because that's something we regularly perceived and therefore they end up in our dreams. But that version of the person in the dream was not really them. The whole world within dream technically is not real. It's a projection of our thoughts, but it can be as real as anything else. Now, what if our waking state is the same? It's it's structured in a similar way. What if this reality works the way the dream world works, except it's just on another higher level? What if there's another state of being above this one that we we wake up to when we come out of this dream, when this life ends? We wake up and there we are in that higher state. And we say, wow, that experience was, was kind of crazy. Would it mean that our thoughts in that higher state are making up this reality that we're in right now? And theories propose that and some evidence supports it as well. It's a huge, deep rabbit hole. I'm definitely not going to dive down today, but it's a fascinating subject. But still, that doesn't answer the question, how do bad things happen to good people? So if I create my reality... What was the purpose in creating two circumstances of cancer, all the, all the different traumas I went through? If I create those things, why would I want to do that to myself? Well, there may have been lessons that I needed to learn. It may be part of the purpose why I came here, because I needed to learn what the value of life really was. I needed to learn love on a different level. I spent a whole bunch of time in this life resenting and really seeing a lot of people as the enemy. And I had to go from that perspective to one where I'm learning how to see myself and maybe the creator and everybody else that I interact with. Every interaction has a higher purpose. Um, That experience in itself might be the reason why I'm here. And that goes for the good things and the negative things. So are we ultimately creating the horrible things that happen to us? It could be part of some sort of soul lesson that maybe we have to go through. It could be a karmic tie. There's so many theories out on it. But again, when you ponder this stuff, that's what gives life a whole different meaning. And therefore, the things that happen in our lives, yes, they can sting and they can hurt. But most of the time when they're done and they're over with and you get to to look at them with retrospection, you can sometimes see the higher purpose. It's really hard to see it when you're going through the lesson. But later on in life, you can kind of see it and you're like, ah, okay, now I understand why I went through that difficult challenge. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I still see the value in it. And I'm grateful for that experience because I've leveled up because of it. Now, there's other explanations that also say that we bring some of those negative things in our lives because we resist them so much. We give a ton of energy of resistance to those things. Um, I've heard it compared to uh, like a Chinese finger trap. The harder we press inward on that trap, those thoughts, the harder it is to pull them out. We have to give up the resistance to the situation and not try to force our way out because ultimately we're not going to get out that way. It's not the way that it works. Um, And that's where that finger trap analogy comes in. When we do that, you know, we're, we're able to slip out when we when we're able to give up that resistance and all that force of pushing in against the um the trap and then trying to pull out uh, with all of that force when we give up all that force we're able to slip out with ease 
So maybe that's my lesson with my life situation. Who knows? It's nearly impossible to comprehend these lessons when you're going through them. Like I said, the one thing we need to know is that someday it does become clear. And sometimes we just can't wait for that lesson, that that point to come. Um, you know, why can't I just understand why I'm going through this stuff that I go through? How come I can't understand it? Well, I'll tell you this. It also does start to come closer and closer. I mean, it took me years to try and figure out why I came down with those cancers. Well, I was really not a good person back then. I needed to learn the value of life a little bit more. It took me years beyond once, once I was really healed and cured to discover really what that lesson was all about. And since then, that was probably one of the biggest and poignant lessons. Since then, I've gained more of that experience closer to the actual event. And I can see that compounding. And I see that happen with a lot of other people. So take that into consideration too and see how much closer to some of those tough events you're actually learning that lesson. But when we view the world as negative, as a negative and hostile place, one that's working against us, one that's that's pointless or doesn't have to seem to have any meaning or purpose, we're actually causing a state of discord in our lives, which brings on that same effect. There's a universal law of cause and effect. Um, it's, it basically says that when something bad happens, i.e. the cause, it will have a effect of bad feelings, of bad results. But it can also have the opposite. It does have a pole. The effect of us having a bad inner state, something that we're creating in our head, can then in turn attract more. We're resisting that thing, but it will build the momentum and it can actually be the cause of more discord and more suffering. And it builds a vicious cycle. So it's not just cause and effect, it's effect and cause as well. The more we misconceive reality as being bad, the more we resist that reality. And therefore, the more out of alignment we are with the way that reality actually can be. And we will see that more of those negative things will start to build as a momentum. The more we judge people, the more it's going to show us the things that we need to kind of learn to not judge people about, the more we're going to suffer. The more we see those on our path as a way for source to understand itself, no matter how they act, we ultimately can see those people as reflections of ourselves in some sort of way maybe have pity for them about the way that they they act rather than judging them harshly, maybe feel a little bit more sad for them, maybe feel sorry for them. Something that's often really hard to see is when someone is so far on a polar opposite from us and we really can't justify why they're acting that way. We just have to approach those types of people with just love and understanding. That's what I found recently in the last few months myself. That's all that Jesus taught about was unconditional love. And I'm not huge on religion at all, but I am definitely a follower of Jesus. I thought he was, he was an extremely enlightened dude. I think um, I know a whole bunch of different stories about the true life of him outside of the Bible. And I think he, and along with several other key figures throughout history, figured all this stuff out. He even said, I can do great things, but you'll do even greater. I don't think what he had was such a dire secret. I think there's so many of us that could tap into some sort of uh, Christ consciousness is what they call it. But coming at people 
from a place of non-judgment and understanding them and trying to love them no matter what, no matter how rude or dumb or disrespectful or hateful they can be. We just have to try to love them in some sort of way, shape, or form. We need to look at them as a version of ourselves when we look at them. Are they showing me something that I need to heal within me? Is this something that I need to be aware of? Some way that maybe I'm acting in some sort of similar way that I need to be mindful about and change. And basically, once we got to this point in the conversation, um, we basically just wrapped it up. And I remember saying to her, it was a lyric to one of my um, favorite songs. It says, when you hold a knife to the world, it will always be your enemy. So if you view the world from that perspective, that it's a good place with its flaws intact, you'll see that you might be able to influence things on a better a better way. You might actually have some, some sort of an influence rather than feeling like that you're just being thrown down river, um, you know, in this turbulent place and you're just getting beaten off the rocks. You know, that's not a, a, any sort of an existence that anybody can thrive in. But when you try to focus on all the problems, you get very overwhelmed. It's something that our small minds and limited abilities just can't do. You know, that's a job for our higher power, the creator that created it all. They, they, it's got to work out things in this plan somehow. But there's many little fingers of us out there in the world that are there to do the work. That's how it has to happen. Things can't just happen in some sort of a miraculous way. Yes, miracles can happen, but the reason why we're here is to affect that change. So we all need to do our little part. And my advice to her was, Figure out what that part is for you. Focus on the piece of the world that you can take care of, something that you can do to add something to it on a grander scale. And I just told her, for me, it was on a smaller level, doing the things that I can for for our town, our friends, our family, everybody's here. I'll do everything I can in what I need to do to make it a better place. I'll do things through the experiences that I've had with trying to help people through PTSD, through trying to change things in a, in a political sense and do good things in as far as police reform and all that. And then on the grander scale with this podcast, try to uplift people and enlighten people. Do whatever I possibly can. But be that hand, that finger on the hand of God to do something bigger and grander to help that creative power, that source, help things shake out in a much better way so this world is a better place. It has and always will be a collective effort. You know, this human organism needs to work in unison to get the job done. One single blood cell cannot power the entire body's processes. And one single person cannot change the entire trajectory of where we're heading as a planet. We have to find that thing that lights us up and know that it has value to uplift someone else's life, someone, somewhere. And when we do that, we can use that in our gifts and our passion to change the world in some sort of way. You don't have to change the entire world, but when you change one small part of it, you're adding that momentum and doing something positive. So yeah, I thought this was an amazing conversation and just wanted to share this one of understanding what your role might be like in this world. Because I know so many of us get to the same place that Ashanti was at. Um, just by those other conversations that I had had. I had been in some pretty uplifting Clubhouse rooms lately. Um, which if you're not on Clubhouse, it's now available for iPhone and Android. Um, and people who I know who 
aren't huge on social media. This isn't a social media platform. You can get into these rooms just as an audience member and just listen to these conversations. And in some places, if, if you're if you're into that kind of thing and you want to get up on stage, you can raise your hand, you can get up there. But check out Clubhouse if you haven't already. Any possible subject matter, any club, anything you can think of, it's on there. Um, if you get on there and you need someone to sponsor you, send me a message, hit me up on like Instagram or um, Facebook. I don't check Facebook messages that often anymore, um, but you can always shoot me an email too. Uh, you can reach me at connect at livethislife.org. Um, but hit me up on Instagram. I'm on there a lot. And if you need an invite, you want to get into Clubhouse, I will, um, I'll shoot you a, a, one of the invites that I have. Um, I know my man Princeton had quite a few too. So um, just shoot me something on there and just reference that you heard me talking about it on the show. And I'd be happy to get you on there. I, we need to see more people in those realms, in those rooms and conversations, more people like you that are listening to a show like this, get out there and get involved and start networking with all the other people in this world who want to talk about the things you want to talk about and make the changes in this world that you want to make. Cause that's how we get it done. People, we got to work together. Um, you know, standing on these islands all by ourselves is not the way that it's going to get done. And this world can be a much better place. It can be a place full of inspiration and love and everything else that makes it a grander place. There's a lot of bad stuff out there, but if you just try and not focus on it, it won't pervade your existence so much and you'll be able to elevate yourself a bit more so you can do greater things for this world. So the song I'll leave you with today, I thought this was a good title and the album title is pretty awesome too. This is another one from Soul Rising. The name of this song is called Peace. And it's off of his 2021 album, Gratitude. View the world from that higher elevated perspective. You'll see that there are so many things that are worth living for and striving for. And you'll see that this world is a place worth living. Keep living that life of wonder, potential, and possibility. You'll see what kind of things come your way. I'll see you next time.